Usually. Oh. <laughs> Here we go. Okay, Styles, you want to in introduce us? It's, hey, it's ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Atlanta Falcon Nation, what it do? Like I said, it's your Atlanta Falcon Nation boys here. Me, the sixth man, just K Styles. And to my stage left, we got Mr. Mad Mike Sports. <laughs> Mad I'm a devil worshiper when I do this. <laughs> they got the hook em horns on. That's why I do it. And ladies and gentlemen, we have a special guest here tonight. I'm going to let him go ahead and introduce himself. What you got for me, man? Thanks, guys. Uh, I'm Matt Carley. You can find me on Twitter at Matt Carley, M-A-T-T-K-A-R-O-L-Y. Uh, I've been covering the Falcons since that 2016 Super Bowl season. Uh, various outlets. Logging Dirty is where I started. Then I transitioned over to Rise Up Reader. Uh, rest in peace, Rise Up Reader, the now defunct Rise Up Reader. Um, and then for a season or two, me and Aaron Freeman, I'm sure everyone knows Aaron Freeman. Um, you know, we chopped it up on uh, Falcon Central Radio on YouTube every Tuesday night. Um, and now I'm just a free agent kind of enjoying coming on podcasts like this here and just, uh, you know, talking about your uh, hometown Atlanta Falcons. So it's good to be here, guys. Thanks. Thanks again for having me. Well, um, I'll say this. Matt and Aaron are when I first got into this, uh, man. 2016, 17, when I really got into things, um, into podcasting and whatnot, these guys, Aaron Freeman and Matt Curley are the ones that kind of, I, I, I pattern, quote, quote, pattern my game afterwards. Um, if you guys don't know who they are, I suggest you go to Twitter today, tonight, all right? Please, this, I, he is the best numbers guy when it comes down to salary cap and just Matt Ryan, just the stats, you know, don't shake your head. You know, it's true. You know, the you know, you're the best. Go ahead and break. This is a show. Every week. If I'm going to get intros like this, this is, this is great. I appreciate that. Mike. yeah, I mean, that's what I love to do. I love to talk about, you know, not only just the Falcons, but I love the numbers aspect of it. And, um, you know, kind of prided myself in that. And I, you know, thought, saw that there's kind of a, a need for someone to talk about the salary cap because mm -hmm. I can understand it's it's very confusing at times. So I figured, you know, take my accounting background, take my love for the Atlanta Falcons and kind of mesh the two and uh, help people out, kind of uh, figure out, especially around this time of the year. Everyone knows that it's, you know, it's been talked about enough. The Falcons are not in the greatest of salary cap positions, but there is ways to maneuver it and i'm sure we'll get into it a bit later mm -hmm. today on how the falcons can be somewhat you know they're not gonna be big spenders um right. but they can certainly round out this roster um you know with some value signings so um with that being said um i guess we'll get into the questions um this is like i said this is the state of the Falcons in the eyes of Matt Carley. And we're going to get to the first question that we have for you. Um, we're going to go rewind it back a bit. We're going to rewind it back a bit. The hire of Arthur Smith and Terry Fontenot, which do you want? Which guy do you want to take first? 
Arthur Smith. Let me take let me take Arthur Smith because you know I'll preface by saying the GM. Uh, the G- GMs are tougher to evaluate. I feel like because there's not there's not as much to go off of, especially when a lot of these guys that rise up through the ranks are kind of in the backgrounds and they're not like they're they're doing the dirty work that you don't really see. Um, you know, out mm-hmm. there on the field or you know, on Sundays. But with a guy like Arthur Smith and, and with the head coaches, you know, they're former coordinators. You're kind of seeing the work that they do on the field. Um, and with Arthur Smith, uh, I, from the moment, you know, I knew that the Falcons were eventually going to need a head coach, whether it was last season, which I thought that they should have done it last year or this year. Arthur Smith was a guy I identified very early on, really caught my eye during that 2019 season because the guy kind of came out of nowhere. Like you think about it, Arthur Smith, generic name. It's like, is he even real? Where did he come from? And the guy just kind of rose up from a quality control coach in Tennessee, then became a position coach at tight end and then became offensive coordinator. And for two years, he really elevated that Tennessee Titans offense um, and, you know, turned around Ryan Tannehill's career, who kind of, he hit rock bottom, had to, mm-hmm. had to come play on a, you know, near veteran minimum type deal as a backup. And, you know, that he parlayed that into, you know, being a $30 million a year quarterback. And a lot of the reason why is Arthur Smith and, you know, Arthur Smith, I think there's two things that Arthur Smith's going to bring to Atlanta that I, that made me see him as one of the most ideal fits of the coaching candidates play action, which if you're not using play action today in the NFL, you're doing it wrong. And, and that was, that was the thing with Dirk Cutter is just like, he didn't do it enough. Throw uh, the ball in the and so Arthur Smith, I believe I tweeted it out last month. He ran play action on like 38% of snaps as, as opposed to Dirk Cutter, who was in the 20s. So, you know, look, Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, play action. Yeah. You know, g- give it to me right now. Inject it into my veins right now. So, <laughs> right. you know, we're going to get that from him. And then we're also going to get he, – he's going to institute a run game. Now, yes, we don't have a Derrick Henry yet, and people love to bring that up constantly mm-hmm. in the comments. That'll change soon. There, there's going to be a plan there. there. There's a couple good running backs that I've been touting in the draft. Najee Harris mm-hmm. is my guy from Alabama. I think he's the dream oh, scenario. I saw your tweet earlier today. I saw your tweet earlier today. But if not Najee, because, again, he might not make it to that second-round pick, that early second-round pick. I think I think he can, but he might not. Javante Williams from, from North Carolina is is not a bad consolation prize. And there's That's a lot good. of reasons that it makes sense. I mean – one, he went to North Carolina. Arthur Smith is a North Carolina alum. So he, he's going to know Javante Williams probably better than most coaches in the NFL. Um, kid's not even 21 yet. Uh, and, man, you look at uh, pro football focus grades for him as far as pass blocking, which is crucial for running backs. Um, he's been tops, and that that's big. So, you know, Arthur Smith's going to bring a run game. He's going to bring play action, and that's going to elevate the Falcons' offense Um, almost instantly. And again, he's running an offense that is very similar to that Kyle Shanahan offense when the Falcons went to the Mm -hmm. Super Bowl. 
So that's that's kind of the third reason why, in my mind, Arthur Smith was the ideal fit. He wasn't my top choice. I will say Brandon Staley was my top choice, but mm-hmm. Arthur Smith was close second. And again, I think he's the best fit because of the offense and because of a lot of the personnel that that the Falcons have there, which I guess could bring us into, you know, a topic of, you know, what the Falcons are going to do with Matt Ryan. Part of the reason I think Arthur Smith was the ideal fit was because, again, Matt Ryan was an MVP in Kyle Shanahan's offense. Arthur Smith's running almost a carbon copy of that offense. So, look, I, I you know, I think Matt Ryan's here for a couple more you're years. Here, you're here from him. You're here from him. We'll, we'll see. Um, you know, with a new regime, you, ne- you never know what they're thinking. And this is certainly a, a good quarterback class. Um, but again, I think Arthur Smith um, knows, you know, what he can get from Matt Ryan. And, and there's also this expectation, I think, too. You know, if you, you hear Rich McKay, you hear Arthur Blank say it. They still want to win right now. Yes, the future is important. It, you always have to have an eye on the future, and, and, and you want sustained success. But they also want to win right now. And I, I think, you know, Arthur Smith and Terry Fondo know they can win right now. I mean, you just rewind back to the season we just had in 2020 and, and how many games the Falcons were leading late in that ball game, and they let it slip away mm. because – you know, the former coaching staff didn't didn't really know how to finish ball games. didn't really know how to make those small adjustments that they needed to make when things got – were starting to get away from them. I, I don't think that's going to be an issue for this coaching staff, especially, you know, with the defensive side of the ball, the veteran guys that they've brought in on that defensive staff. That's why I'm very high on, you know, this, this new regime, and, and I, I'm very bullish that they can turn this around very quickly in 2021. Oh man! If y'all didn't understand what he just said, <laughs> that, we, have a, we have a we we have a stand in AFN here. Um, um, we 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 simplify exactly what you said in four words. What we say, Mike? <laughs> Run, Run the damn ball! ball. <laughs> yeah. That's what we They're going to do that. They're going to do that. Uh, so before we get to the next question, I'm gonna go ahead and shout out some of the folks that's in this chat already. Um, like I said, we got we got Mr. Utah Sports in the building. We got ATM 3405, Corey the God, Terra Artist 404. What's going on, man? Happy belated birthday, brother. Um, Tony Wright in here. We got Asia Green. And we're going to do one more. We're going to say uh, Cartier Walker's in here. If I ain't said your name, it's going to come up later on because we still got to get to these questions. Got to pick this man's brain right here. All right, Matt. So the second question, so the question I have for you, man, is pertaining to this NFL draft, what do you think the Falcons should do with this fourth pick? I mean, for me, uh, I'm, I'm captain trade down. I think again, yeah, that's kind of that's kind of the hashtag I've been using for it. Um, you know, I, I think they're in a position where, again, you're regardless of what you think of Matt Ryan and and Julio Jones and how much Julio Jones has left in the tank. You know, they're they're kind of locked in from a financial standpoint with that. Um, so again, you got two marquee players 
uh, two marquee positions. You know, you have a secondary receiver in Calvin Ridley who kind of took that next step. You started building up an offensive line. Uh, defense, you know, you have Grady Jarrett. Uh, Deion Jones with his contract, I don't think you can get out of it if you even wanted to. But, again, I think Deion Jones in Dean P's system, Dean Pease is going to, you know, he, he's going to let those dogs loose as far as getting mm-hmm. after the quarterback yes. and uh, bringing pressure. So I think Dion is going to flourish with his speed in that role. Um, A.J. Terrell, he showed he can be a piece. You know, what, what I'm getting at here is, you know, they, they have they have parts, they have ingredients of a roster, but I think they can build it up more. And, and when you're picking at four and you don't necessarily need to take a quarterback or some of the other positions that are available, you know, like receiver, this is a, a top-heavy receiver with Jamar Chase and Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle. They don't necessarily need those guys, but some other teams below them might want one of those guys. So mm-hmm. – you know, that fourth pick is very valuable right now. And I, I think that's only increasing in value when you see a team like the Philadelphia Eagles trade their quarterback and Carson Wentz. And, mm-hmm. and now maybe they're in the discussion for a quarterback or they want to definitely get one of those receivers. So for me, I, I would exhaust all possibilities of a trade down. Uh, I'd call every single team, you know, picking from six which is the Eagles right now, all the way to, I don't know, 18 in that range and see, you know, what, who really wants to come up, who really wants a quarterback or a receiver, you know, or maybe Penny Sewell, um, which, you know, if I was shifting the conversation, if you can't get a trade down, because again, it takes two to tango and you might not find a trade partner. Penny Sewell right now is is who I've kind of identified as the option if you're going to stay put at four, I think. Now, again, that might change. More information comes out. Draft season's always, you know, the, the opinions change sometimes as you get more information. But, you know, protecting the quarterback, protecting your franchise quarterback, it starts in the trenches. This game starts in the trenches. And they, they even made they even made a point of saying that both Arthur Smith and Terry Fonno mm-hmm. in their press conference they said they want to get better up front they want to get they want to get nastier and there might not be a nastier dude than Penny Sewell um, in this online class and not only is he nasty but I think he's he's got those generational traits that can be a future All Pro consistently year in and year out mm-hmm. now again the question with Penny Sewell is while well, he was a left tackle in college. Falcons mm-hmm. have a pretty good left tackle and Jake Matthews. What, what do you, what do you do there? Right. I, you know, I, I'd leave it to the professionals too. I, I the coaching staff will figure that out. I think mm-hmm. that's, that's a good problem to have. And I mean, if it was me, if you're asking me, I'd probably put Penny Sewell left guard. Penny Sewell was a guard in high school. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you look at some recruiting websites, you know, he was, he was highly ranked as a guard. He, he wasn't ranked as a tackle. So that's a position I think he can play. And honestly, for this team, and if Matt Ryan – well, not if Matt Ryan is going to be their quarterback in 2021, it's more important to have the interior situated than the tackle situated. Because a guy like Matt Ryan, you know, he needs needs to be able to step up in that pocket. So you need to establish and solidify the interior. And if you put Penny Sewell there and and Chris Lindstrom is starting to – figure things out and become a, a pretty good football player. 
And I think then you put Matt, Matt Hennessy right in the middle with those two guys next to him. You know, that, that, that's, that's an interior offensive line that has some, some upside and, and some real potential to be, you know, one of the better interior trios in football in the next couple of years. So, you know, that, that's kind of where my head's at right now. If you can't orchestrate a trade, you know, solidify your offensive line because, you know, the offensive line is the more important part of how the Falcons accomplish Arthur Smith's plan of, of establishing a run game and, and getting the run game going, which has been a problem the last couple of years. So if you get a guy like Penny Sewell to plug at left guard, and then he can eventually be the left tackle of the future when they do move on from Jake Matthews. Um, you know, I think there's tremendous value there. And and even though people are going to scoff, you're going to draft a left guard at fourth overall. I mean, my question to you is, you think the Colts uh, regretted taking Quentin Nelson at, I think it was sixth overall? No, yes. they didn't regret yes. that one bit. Best offensive line right now. And really, he kind of reminds me. He really reminds me of Quentin Nelson, that physicality. I mean, the way, and the way he gets after it and just pushes right. people and – yeah. So um, th- those are my two scenarios right now. If, if they can't get a trade down, take Penny Sewell. Um, but I definitely think, you know, if you're going to stay put, it's going to be an offensive position be- just because of, I think, where the value at four is. And again, it doesn't necessarily mean quarterback. Um, you know, it wouldn't shock me if they took Kyle Pitts, the tight end from Florida, because again, you know, Hayden Hurst uh, is only under contract for one more year. Um, and Arthur Smith's big on the 12 personnel, two tight end set. Tweeted that out a month or so ago. He, he led. Yo, you said everything that I. Oh, my gosh. You said everything. He led everything. the entire NFL in two tight ends sets last year. So Kyle Pitts and, and Hayden Hurst, again, I know people will probably lose their minds over taking a, an offensive skill player, but you have to pick the guys where the draft says you need to pick them, like where the value is. And and it's not a great defensive class early on. Like if you trade back, then it's a different story. Cause then there's some guys in that, you know, ballpark of the draft where defense makes sense, but picking at four. And if, and if you really are going to stay put, you got to take the best players in the draft and the best players in the draft of this class right now is looking to be offensive players. Absolutely. Wow. Um, you essentially said everything that we've been preaching all along. It, like it all I just over, that, what can I say? I mean that's 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 the issue. Um actually did a film breakdown and um one of the things that stood out to me with Arthur Smith is that he loves to use tight two tight end sets, two tight end sets, three tight end sets, and this is a reason why I, this is kind of, you know, me improvising a bit, but would it surprise you? And I know a lot of people in, in the chest, cause I got a lot of hate for even mentioning this, but would it surprise you to see Calvin Ridley traded because of that in itself? Because Arthur Smith, he may not, this this is one thing that a lot of people may not understand. When coaches come to a new team, he may not want a Julio Jones. He may not want a Calvin Ridley. He may want to build his offense the way he wants to build it. 
Yes, Calvin really is one of the best receivers in the game right now, and he's going to make a lot of money. But would it surprise you to see Calvin Ridley traded? Because there are some flaws in his game that I think that is a, is a huge problem. And my my point, which is, one, if you're going to play in an offense with Arthur Smith, you're going to have to block and you're going to have to get physical. Calvin Ridley is not a physical receiver. Yeah. He's not a physical receiver. So would it surprise you to see that happen? It, I mean, it would surprise me because of the fact that, again, what he does so well is very important in today's NFL, and that's just being able to beat man coverage, get open one-on-one, and there's not many better than him at that. You know, I, I totally agree with what you're saying. He's not a physical player, and I, I've been really hard on him this past season when it comes to that. There's the physicality at the catch point um, that I, he definitely needs to improve on. And then there's what he does uh, when he has the ball in his hand. Sometimes it's comical. You know, so he just runs with his head cut off sometimes. He doesn't know what he's what he's doing with it. And it's, it's entertaining, but at the same time, it's infuriating too because, you know, he's, he's losing yards um, by doing some of this stuff. So those two areas he needs to improve. But, yeah, I, I'd be shocked because, again – you know, they, they have to at least plan for the contingency that Julio Jones might not be around many more years. I, I don't, you know, think that's going to be the case because I, I always say when I when I come on shows and talk about Julio, you can't treat him like any other receiver. You can't compare him to any other receiver. So just because he hit age 32 last month, you know, he, he specifically – this is my theory on the topic. He specifically – went and linked up with Terrell Owens to train with Terrell Owens because he saw what Terrell Owens did in his mid to late thirties in the NFL. And he wants to try to get some of that same knowledge and be in that same position. So I, I think just like Matt Ryan, I think there's plenty of gas left in the, in Julio's tank. And I don't think it's a major concern, but you know, you always, with anything, you have to plan for contingencies because if Julio did have another injury-riddled season, then there's there's a real question of do we move on and, and try to, uh, you know, sink money elsewhere. Um, so with that in mind, I don't think you can you can part ways with, with Calvin Ridley unless, like, the, the return was just ridiculous. So, yeah, it, it would shock me if that would happen. It ain't gonna shot me. They don't need. They don't need nobody cha cha slide out there on the field. They <laughs> got the forward. Yeah, no, he, he definitely needs to work on that. Because again, I when when they announced like the Pro Bowl rosters, I know the Pro Bowl is is a popularity contest, but I I do think they kind of got it right, and I don't think Calvin Ridley is quite there yet. And it's because some of those things we just talked about. He he needs to refine his game a little bit. Hey, Mike, you sure he ain't been on the show with us? Uh, 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 it it seems like he's saying every word, every word, word, you are saying exactly what we've been saying. Almost word for word. I love to hear it. I love to hear it. Let me let me um get you guys' uh, opinion. You want to um get the next question, K-Styles? Um, because I, I think this is going to be interesting because he's he kind of put out a list earlier today on his Twitter. Um. Yeah, hit that, hit that question. I, I know he's going to enjoy this. So you guys, please follow 
please follow Matt. I guarantee you will enjoy his his Twitter hey, account, man. Okay, so all right, so as we talked about off air, free agency is upon us here very shortly. Yes, sir. Hey, this is a good time of the year. Um, what do you think would be the biggest position that we need to fill as far as getting this roster right? There's two that come to mind uh, immediately. You know, I they need to do something with edge rusher. Really, all that they have under contract is Dante Fowler, and I'm not even sure how much longer that'll be for because I think – you know, and this is my theory, and this is something I haven't put out yet. Um, so this is a Mad Mike Atlanta Falcons Nation exclusive. Um, I think right now their next order of business that they're working on is trying to negotiate a pay cut for Dante Fowler, seeing if if him and his representation wow. is willing is willing to take it. Um, because you know he's got six million of his thirteen million base salary already guaranteed. That, that additional $7 million becomes fully guaranteed on March 21st. That's five days after free agency starts. I don't think the Falcons want that to be locked in. But mm-hmm. if I also don't think they want to go completely barren at defensive end heading into free agency and heading into the draft. I think they'd probably prefer to have Dante Fowler there and see maybe Dean Pease can – squeeze some production out of him that we didn't get from him last year. So I think that's their, their number one priority. If they can get a pay cut, you know, again, the 6 million is locked in, but if they can maybe save five of that seven and say, Hey, Dante, we'll, we'll, we'll give you 8 million as base salary, but that other five, you're going to have to earn it in incentives. And the way incentives usually work is they don't hit the cap unless the player earns them, which wouldn't happen until after the season. So that's what I'm thinking the Falcons want to do. If, if he says no, then I think they're going to make him a post-June 1 cut, um, which means they really wouldn't get the savings until, you know, June, but they can use that on a draft class. So, I mean, it's, it would still be worthwhile. Um, but in any event, Dante Fowler on the roster or not, they have to do something at defensive end or pass rusher, edge rusher. Carl Lawson's the dream. For, for me, he's my number one guy uh, in free agency, the pass rusher from Cincinnati. Been long overlooked, was overlooked in the draft, which is the reason he uh, was taken in the fourth round. Um, I, I think he might even be overlooked in free agency now. I, I don't know what his market's going to be. He's had some injury issues, but I don't think it's anything concerning from a long-term standpoint. Like I don't know if it's a tax situation where tax, you know, had the lingering injuries and it just unfortunately kept him from the field. I think you're going to see a situation where, you know, Lawson's going to sign a a pretty reasonable deal and, uh, you know, he's going to blow up and he's going to uh, make whoever signs him, you know, a very smart man. You know, Falcons, in order to make it work, they, you know, they have to backload it. So, you know, I've been playing around with the numbers and, you know, they can get him, you know, on a, what looks like a 10 million, a year average or even 13 million a year average annual salary deal, but they can have a year one cap hit of like five to 6 million so that they can, they can fit it under the cap in, in 2021. That's, that's the dream. 
it, it, it is probably unlikely because um, anything I want usually in free agency doesn't particularly happen unless maybe your name's Darquez Denard, and that was just kind of a, a mid-tier signing. But a signing that panned out, and I, I would love Darquez Denard back, I think in a Logan Ryan-esque role um, like Logan was in Tennessee with Dean Pease, I think Darquez can fit that same role. So I'd like him back. But, um, yeah, edge rusher, a couple other names I listed. You know, Mike kind of alluded to the list that I put out yesterday at edge rusher. You know, you got Trey Hendrickson from New Orleans. Uh you got Romeo Quara from Detroit, um, Terrell Basham, who I think is probably most likely the edge rusher from the New York Jets. Um, you know, Falcons hired the Jets um, linebacker coach, Frank Bush, who was also the interim defensive coordinator at the end of the year. So I think there's a connection there. And Terrell Basham is probably named the right down that could very well happen. Um, a guy who I think, Again, you should set your expectations reasonable. He's kind of a, um, you know, he's, he's definitely not a, a 1A or 1B pass rusher, but certainly a guy in a rotation, um, you know, can do some nice things and certainly bolster it. Um, and then another name that I think is very likely is Kamale Correa. Um, he's been on Baltimore. He's been on Tennessee, both of which Dean Pease was on. Again, he's going to be like a vet min type signing, but he had his best years under Dean Pease, a guy that can maybe get you two, three, four sacks. Um, again, nothing splashy, but certainly, uh, you know, guys to add to the rotation that that know the system and, and play best in the system. The other position group is safety. You know, Falcons cut Ricardo Allen uh, last week or two weeks ago, and – you know, Keanu Neal, as everyone knows, is an impending free agent. They don't have they don't have a lot of safety either. So uh, they have to do something there. And the great news is this is a great free agency class for safeties. There's like 15, 16 guys on the free agent market at safety. The two names that I've touted that I think makes sense from a scheme standpoint and makes sense from a money standpoint, the number one guy is Malik Hooker. Malik Hooker, former first-round pick, Indianapolis Colts, Ohio State Buckeye. You know, it's it's kind of well-documented. Terry Fontenot and the Saints love Ohio State Buckeye defensive backs. They took Marshawn Lattimore. They took Malcolm Jenkins. Um, they took Von Bell. So he has a thing for Ohio State defensive backs. Malik Hooker is going to be a buy-low buy type of guy because of the injuries. And that's the concern, but – Again, you're going to get him at a very favorable price tag. And if, it's a big if, but if he's healthy, that that's a top flight safety. You know, that that's a guy that has, you know, Ed Reed to him as far as just instincts and flying around and making plays on the ball from a single high spot, which, again, there's some questions on how much single high is DMP is going to run. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I, DMP said in his press conference, he's going to fit his – fit the talent he has to the scheme, or he's going to fit the scheme to the talent he has. Mm-hmm. So Malik Hooker is a guy that, again, if Carl Lawson's like my number one want, Malik Cooker's, you know, number two, but I think he's more reasonable because I don't think he's going to cost that much because of the injuries. Like I, I think one year, $3 million or $4 million tops is what he's going to, he's, he's going to warrant because of the injuries. And, Man, if again the talent's there, it's not a question of talent. It's just is he healthy enough? So 
the other name too is Trey Boston. Uh, Trey Boston was just let go mm-hmm. by the Panthers, and he's kind of like and I said this on Twitter. He's like the Brandon Cooks of the safety market. I think Trey Boston's a pretty good player, but he's going to be on like his fourth or fifth team, and he's not even thirty years old yet. And <laughs> I just it's it's bad timing, and and there's just been some variables that have worked against him as far as like the safety market being reduced or, uh, you know, in Carolina's case, I think, you know, they're trying to create salary cap space to do something that none of us want them to do, which is make a play for Deshaun Watson. Um, mm. So I, I just think he was a victim of that, but uh, a guy who's, who's been a, a very good safety uh, for the majority of his career. And I think fits, you know, the two high game that Dean peace has been notorious for. So, you know, if the Falcons were heading into the draft with Trey Boston and Malik Cooker as their safeties, um, then it wouldn't allow them to go out and like, uh, you know, reach for a safety in the draft because it's it's not a great safety class. And there's a couple guys I like, but um, I mean, I, I'd be okay with that. I, I don't know what they're going to do with Keanu Neal. I, I love Keanu Neal back. I think yeah. he can fit in Dean P's scheme. Especially when, you know, the one not- uh, notable takeaway, other than, you know, well, there was, there was a few in Dean P's press conference. I, I thought his press conference was awesome. Hopefully you guys watched that. Yeah. But um, he also mentioned how he loved the run and hit ability that the Falcons are already, you know, already have. Mm-hmm. And there's not a better run and hit player on this Falcons defense than Keanu Neal. So that, that's part of why I think they're going to make a strong play for him. It comes down to the money because there's there's going to be so many suitors for him. I mean, you, you look at the question: Do you franchise yeah. tag Keanu Neal? You ran right into the question. Okay, yeah. I mean, the franchise tag, I believe, for safeties is nine or ten million. It's one of the lower ones. So, I mean, they have that going for them. I just don't think that they can afford. To, to have another cap hit of that nature on the books. So I don't, I don't think they're going to franchise tag anybody, but I think there is a good shot. I still put it less than 50. It's, it's maybe like 40, 60, 40 that they bring him back, 60 that he, they don't. Mm-hmm. But I think they're going to try to bring Keanu Neal back. Cause again, I, I do think, you know, good football players are good football players. And Keanu is one of the few that I think you can say Falcons defense has, you know, there's no question about it. You have Grady Jerry, you have Deion Jones, AJ Terrell's getting there. Um, Keanu Neal's also in that realm. And I, I think letting too many good football players go if, if you don't have to. Because, again, the safety market is one of the, the easiest position groups, I think, to exploit because it's, you know, it hasn't been inflated. So I think – I've been thinking you can get Keanu Neal for a four-year, $30 million deal. And again, his first-year cap hit can be $4 million. And if you can, if you can get his first-year cap hit to be $4 million when last year it was in the 6-7 to seven range, mm-hmm. I think you try to make that work. So that, that's one of the, the biggest um, question marks that I'll be watching closest is do they – like how much of an effort do they make to bring him back? Hey, man, the, the – the... The chat is rising, man. I think they love Mr. Kelly. Hey, man. Um, 
Go ahead. Yeah, I'm about, about to say we might as well get some of these comments out of the way. They, 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 they want to pick your brain just a little bit. Exactly. We have a more questions, but this is it's fire away, man. Just, 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 yeah. Go ahead and get some uh, questions. Yeah, man. We um, got, we got a few questions here. Um, <laughs> we got uh, Esperanza Cluster ask, ask you, should we cut Kendall Sheffield? <laughs> he <went> straight to <laughs> the he certainly, he certainly didn't play well last year. You know, I don't. You don't cut him just because his, his contract. He's on a rookie deal. It's you don't get much savings by cutting a a player on a rookie deal. So. I think you bring him back. Um, I certainly don't think he's going to be in the running. I mean, he's going to be in the competition, but I don't think he's going to be a threat to be a starting safety. I think he's got to work his way back up. He'll be on, you know, his speed will be used on special teams. That was the one thing I, you know, I saw him that I could say good things about him is using his speed as a gunner on, on the punt coverage team, you know, that flashed. So, you know, again, he's probably the fourth or fifth cornerback uh, going into 2021. But there, there's not much there's not much savings to be had or, or benefit to to moving on from him. So let him let him you know see what he can do under this new staff. And uh, you know, at the very least, he's a he's an asset on special teams. <laughs> I, know, I know that's I know Man, that's way possible. That was horses. <laughs> They got relegated to gunner duty. <laughs> hey, man, he relegated himself with his play this past year. Whoa, it wasn't me. I'm just, oh, I'm, man. Just telling, I'm just telling the facts. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm glad you said gunner because I was going to just say equipment manager. But <laughs> I'm just throwing my hands up. Oh, man. Oh, we got some more questions in here, man. Like I said, we got big country low sports in the building. Uh, big low, what's happening? Um, we got Corey. The guy said, "Um, he said, do you keep tied, girl?" That's a thumbs down. <laughs> 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 you know, for those for those that are already familiar with me before tonight, I mean, I I didn't want Todd Gurley on the team heading into 2020. I you know, I, I knew I knew his knees were shot, and again, he did he did some decent things early on in the season. Um, but it wasn't even Dirk Cutter's offense. You know, he just he just doesn't have the juice anymore. And I'll be shocked if uh, you know. I think he's going to get the Devonte Freeman treatment. I'll be shocked if he's playing on a team for anything more than vet men or around vet men. I know, wow. I know he's a former offensive player of the year candidate, but those years are far removed. And I just think he again, it, it's it's unfortunate what happened to his knees. And and no one, I mean, I guess we know it's arthritis, but just the way it happened was just so quickly. And I, again, I don't, I don't think he's worth keeping around, unfortunately. Yeah, so, man, all man. the UGA fans out there. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> or not sorry. I, just, you know that, that, that just so sad that you say that. Cause he say his best days is behind him and he's only 26. <laughs> I know that's, that's the sad, that's the sad part about it. Oh my goodness. Really wow. F- football, football is a tough sport. Like that's why, you know, Appreciate these players while you got them, and you know, mm-hmm. don't, don't at them with nonsense on Twitter because, oh man, and they, they they put their bodies through hell for for our entertainment. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, we kind of went over this as far as the running backs for the draft. You kind of say um, Javante 
well, I want to say Devontae, but Javante, do you have anyone else that, as far as running back? I personally, um, I don't know, is what is Ky, Kyle Hill? Um, oh, Kylan Hill from uh, Kyle Hill. State, I think, yeah. Right. What do you think of it? Yeah, on, you know, depending where, you, where you're getting them, but fourth round maybe. Um, he's in that mix if, again, with Najee, it's, he's a round one, round two guy. Javante mm-hmm. Williams is a round two, round three guy. And then if you're going to wait till day three, which maybe they do, you got Kylan Hills of the world. You got Trey Sermon, Ohio State guy who ran for like 300 yards in the Big Ten title game, set a record. You know, he, he's going to be on the radar. Um, I think his name's Stevenson from, from Oklahoma. Oh, my he's God. I love him. He's like 240. Oh you know, he's he's obviously going to be a match because of the Derrick Henry probably comparisons there, similar body types. Um, I haven't I haven't delved in or delved too deep into any of the others. Uh, you know, Michael Carter is a name. He's the he's the other North Carolina, but I think he's too similar to Ito Smith. So that's kind of why I'm out on Michael Carter. But I think, you know, uh, again, I think Ito Smith still has a role. He, he is only got one year left on his deal, but I, I, I do think he's going to fit and play a role uh, for Arthur Smith. Um, so again, to bring in, a, you know, a redundant type of player in Mike Carter, I'd rather get, you know, a bigger bell cow like Javante or Najee or again, Kylan Hill is a bell cow. Trey Sermon could be a bell cow. Stevenson could be a bell cow. So, you know, another name, Chuba Hubbard, who wasn't, you know, the conversation for for second round pick heading into 2020, kind of his stock just bottomed out and right. uh, not have a good um, season. And again, one of the questions I'm sure, you know, is, you know, ask themselves is how much of playing in pandemic football, you know, contributed to these guys kind of their stock falling. So. And I think in Chuba's case, you know, that's that's a legitimate question because, you know, he certainly was, again, in, in the conversation with one of the better running backs in football after he had a 2,000-yard season in 2019. So he's a guy that's probably going to be, you know, late day two, early day three, and maybe, you know, Falcons look at him. So there, there's you can always find running backs. That's the whole argument that, you know, maybe drafting one early isn't smart, but – there's just so much to love about Najee, not just, you know, the football side of it, but I think him off the field, he's a guy that can be a franchise cornerstone player that you, you know, he's the face, he's one of the faces of the franchise and you can feel very good about that. And and he can get up on a microphone and, and, you know, display confidence. And um, there's, there's nothing I don't like about him. So that's why he's kind of one of my guys, but um, certainly if Javante Williams was the guy, uh, feel pretty good about that too. Okay, I like I like that. I like that. Hey, like I say, it's, it, it like I say, we don't need to. We don't need to reach this year. We can't yeah. afford anybody. <laughs> that's right, and, and and again, that's part of why I think trading down makes a lot of sense because you have more dart throws, and you don't necessarily need to reach. You can just take football players, and and you have more shots at, at, at hitting on them and, um, you know, building up this roster. So again, that's, that's right. I want them to go. Um, but whether they go in that direction, I mean, no one knows at this point. 
So, I I about to say, I got another one. I got another question for you. All right. No, I know we talked about this salary cap situation. You know, we got the five dollars, and we trying to (laughs) Walmart fifty dollars worth of yeah five dollars. Hey man, how we gonna make it work, man? In your eyes, how we gonna make that work? How do we get it? So you know, a lot of it's gonna be in the form of restructuring. You know, in my opinion, and again, we have a general manager here in Terry Fontenot who came over from New Orleans and New Orleans, you know, made a habit of, you know, doing cap gymnastics and cap voodoo and witchcraft. And, you know, yeah, they kicked the can down the road, but you know, the, you're telling me you want to want to been in the Saints position the last couple of years, having four cracks at getting to a Super Bowl, mm-hmm. and they went all in, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely for that because <laughs> Again, as I talked about at the top of the show, I, I think they do have a pretty good core group to build from. And, you know, they were competitive in 2020. Their record might not show it, but, right. you know, the, for people that didn't tune in and lived under a rock, they'd be like, yeah, 4-12, and 12, the Falcons were terrible. Mm-hmm. They're one of the more misleading 4-12 and 12 teams that probably ever existed in NFL history. Right, right. Because they should have won probably five of those games, and I don't even think that's a stretch or a reach. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about a nine and seven team that's picking fourth overall, you know that that doesn't happen. So, you know I, I'm okay, you know worrying about um, tomorrow's problems tomorrow. So mm-hmm. you know when I say that, I mean free up the space you need to with the guys that you feel good about. And again, I feel good about Matt Ryan. I, I'm confident that they do as well. Again, you watch the film. Matt Ryan played pretty dang well. Pro Football Focus supports it. The eye test supports it. Yes, he had he had those throws in that Chargers game that he would like to have back. But look, you're, you're going to judge a man off of a few throws. Come on, right? Man. Yeah. Yeah, I think you know they're okay about Julio Jones. Again, I, his body of work should speak for itself. He's mm-hmm. going to get himself right. You definitely feel good about Grady Jarrett coming off another Pro Bowl season, one of the best interior defensive linemen in football. You, you can kick the can down the road a little bit with him. Jake Matthews gets too much crap online. Uh, yes, he had a hold in the Super Bowl. Right. Hey, let's 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 get over that. Jake Matthews is a consistently good left tackle, and those are not easy to come by. Mm-hmm. Feel good about him. And then lastly, Deion Jones. Again, especially in this defense, I'm okay, you know, riding it out with Deion Jones. There's some aspects of Deion Jones' game where I've been critical of as far as, again, against the run. He's not a guy you want taking on blockers because of his size. You want him as free as possible to, to use his speed. So, you know, I don't think he's ever going to be considered a Bobby Wagner or Luke Keekley or, you know, one of the better linebackers in football because he just doesn't have that all-around aspect of his game. But what he does well – fits in today's NFL with the coverage and the speed. So I'm okay riding with him. So again, those are those are five players. Mm-hmm. Five players I mentioned. Now I got my cap sheet up here. If they did the max restructure, they can save over 40 million. Wow. 40 million. Yeah. Wow. Again, you're, you're pushing the guaranteed money down the road. So then it, it becomes harder to move on from him. But what people got to remember about all that is the NFL is 
close to, if they didn't already, I think, agree to it, a huge TV deal. Going to bring tons of money into the NFL. The, the salary cap is going to get back up to rising right. levels. If, if not next year, the year after, you're going to be in right. the 200-plus million. So you kind of have a little bit more wiggle room, I think, you know, to push this money down there as opposed to this year where it's looking like the salary cap is going to be in the 180, 185 million range, which is 13 million less than this past year, which usually is not how it works. It continues to go up this because of the pandemic, it's going to go down. But if you save that 40 million and then they still got a few other cuts to make, you know, they, I think they're going to move on from James Carpenter. Um, But that's why I talked about, you know, the whole, uh, Dante Fowler's situation because if if they can't work out a pay cut with him and they got to make him post two one cut, then that'll I think affect decisions with you know do we make James Carpenter just a regular cut or do we make him a post two one cut to create more cap space? So in any event, I think Carpenter is going to be gone. You can save another two point five there, um, and then the last one I think is Tyler Davison, which right. You know, what happens he is a former saint so maybe terry fontenot likes him i don't know but i think with nose tackles i'm not big on paying nose tackles two down player you know you can get those guys you know uh, on the bargain bin for vet men so with all of that in mind you know the falcons could have 36 million in cap space with 27 players under contract. So they have to fill out the other half of their roster. But you, you can do that again with, if you backload contracts and, and make the year one cap hits on some of your signing, mm-hmm. you know, uh, as low as possible, you know, four or 5 million with guys like Lawson or Neil or Malik Hooker. What about interesting one also, because his his contract will be up soon. What do you do about four year old do you think they'll be able to sign him to a long-term deal? Yeah, I, I think it'll probably have to wait till next offseason. Um, but I, I do think, you know, I, I think his future in Atlanta, you know, I feel pretty good about it. I mean, hmm. we'll, we'll see what happens in the draft. We'll see if they add any linebackers. You know, we'll see what Michael Walker's role is because I do think Michael Walker is – going to play more on the edge a little bit um he did that a lot at fresno state um and you know again this is going to look more like a three four although you know falcons defense was sort of a three four already and and a lot of people didn't know it um but i I swear you you sure you haven't been watching our shows like seriously have you like everything that you're saying that's that's all man that's all we're just my goodness so you know i We'll see what happens, but I do think Foyo Lacoon next offseason we could be talking about a contract. I just think at this point they got some other things they need to worry about, obviously. Um, and, and since he's got one year, and and he actually the thing with Foy is um, he is already getting a little bit of a pay bump already, so he should be pretty happy. Uh, right. You know, there's this thing called the perform uh, proven performance um, escalators, right. and um, if you're a I believe it's a third through sixth round pick or third through seventh round pick. And if you play a certain number of snaps in your first couple of years, um, you're due for a pay bump in year four, which Foy got, um, Russell Gage got, 
and I know probably some some fans listening aren't going to like this, but Isaiah Oliver also got that, uh, <laughs> whether he earned it or not. Uh, you know, what I will say about Isaiah Oliver, when he transitioned into the slot, he found a home in the slot, and I'm curious to see what Dean Pease feels because I think he'll probably keep him in the slot there too. And, you know, again, if they don't bring Denard back, maybe Isaiah Oliver plays that Logan Ryan role that, uh, you know, Logan did for Tennessee when, when Dean was there. So, yeah, I mean, he he's definitely took it, taken his lumps on Twitter and, you know, right. it deserved. But, um, you know, that's that's what you get when you, uh, you know, you reach for needs sometimes. And, you know, I, I wish they would have taken Carlton Davis. I, I thought Carlton Davis, Davis fit much better um, with what Dan Quinn wanted with physical. Like, you know, when you watched Isaiah Oliver at college, I, I didn't see the physicality mm-hmm. enough. Right, he didn't have the physicality. Like he had the length and stuff, and, and and those types of things that you want. But I, I love physical corners. I love corners with swagger, and, uh, and Carlton Davis had that. And, and people, people are starting to see that now with Tampa Bay Super Bowl champs. I mean, he he definitely um, got his you know spotlight um, mm-hmm. in the playoffs and definitely uh, earned it. But. Yeah, I mean that's that's kind of what I'm thinking. As far as again, it, it's got to be this way if if they're gonna, you know, if they're gonna make some signings, they they got to do the restructures. And I don't think they're gonna have a problem doing it because again, Terry Fondo has he's coming over from New Orleans and and they kind of, you know, made their mark in that and and it worked right. out well for them. Sure, you know, now they're scrambling to, to figure out what to do, but you know that's kind of what happens when you go all in and they had four mm-hmm. cracks at it and you know we're all happy that they swung and missed on all four of them, but. They were at least in the position, and uh, you know I think we would love to be in that position to go all in again and, and have four more cracks at winning a Super Bowl. So we'll see if they do it or not. Because again, if they do these max restructures, I think they're gonna they're gonna be in a reload situation instead of a rebuild. Which right. some people think they might be rebuilding, but that'll you know we'll, we'll kind of have a better picture of that when they kind of do some of these moves in these next mm-hmm. couple of weeks leading up to free agency. So. We'll see. Hey, man. Look, I'm about to say, let's get in a couple more of these questions. You know, if folks coming in with the questions, um, there was a question earlier that came up. Um, I didn't I didn't highlight it, but it was basically talking about uh Jalen Hawkins. What's your take yeah. on him? You know, I, I'm thinking he's still gonna be in a backup role. Um, I mean, it all comes down to if they bring Keanu Neal back. Obviously, he's definitely gonna be in a backup role. Right. If they don't, if they don't bring Keanu Neal back, again, I guess keep your eyes on what they do in free agency. Because if if they do sign, you know, two guys like Hooker in Boston, again, I I would think Hawkins then still in a backup role. Um, and the thing with Hawkins too is he didn't even carve out much of a role on on a lot of the special teams, so. You know, it'll be interesting if, if he does that because um, that's his best way to making the team. But, I, you know, I do I do think this this transition to Dean Pease fits him even more because I think at Cal, you know, he he did a lot of too high with him and Ashton Davis. Um, so he's got some versatility, um, again, to be a good backup. Um, and if you get anything more from him, then, then that's just kind of gravy at that point. Right, and there was one. There was one more I want you. There was one more I want you to hit up too. Um, 
uh, it was by David M. He was basically saying past this season, um, if you had to choose between Deion Jones and Foyer Aluakon, why would you do that? <laughs> That's a great question. And and my answer might shock some people or, or might make some people mad, but I'm going Foy. Oh! Yeah, again, oh. I, I think Foy has more of the makeup of, of a complete linebacker. Again, I yeah. touched on it a little bit, but Deion Jones, you know, if, if – if he's blocked up, like he can be blocked up pretty easily. Foy, not not so much. Mm-hmm. Um, both both have the speed. Both check that box. Um, and, and I just think Foy's instincts too are They're much you know, better. Yeah. And and he can rush the passer as well. Like Foy can do it all. Like Foy really came alive. Like he was one of those guys this past year that, you know, yes, it was a down season, four and twelve, but he really took that next step and. Um, you know, another thing with Deion Jones is, you know, when the Falcons were going through the tor- turmoil that they were, you know, in, in 2018, 2019, and 2020, they, they needed a voice. They needed a guy to kind of rally the troops. Mm-hmm. And they need that even more now that Ricardo Allen's not there. Um, we didn't get that from Deion. That's, that's, that's something yeah, that I think we yeah. got none of that from Deion. So I, I and agree. You need that from a middle linebacker. Right. So, and I think Foy, you know, again, there's still some, some room for improvement, but I, you know, there's some, there's some clips you see of Foy and I think he can, he can be that guy. So yeah. um, That's why when, when I was talking about guys to kick the can down the road, I was somewhat, I'm I'm somewhat hesitant to do it for a guy like Deion Jones. Cause when, when Mikey asked the question about is, is a contract extension in Foy's future? Well, you know, if you push Deion Jones guaranteed money down the road, it, it it hurts that answer a little bit because, again, you don't want to tie too much money into the same position, especially when, you know, one might be better than the other. So, um, yeah, I, I think for me, if, if forced to choose, I, I want Foy. And, and that's why, again, if of the five guys I talked about restructure, mm-hmm. I'd rather not restructure Deion Jones let him play out this year and then let's see where the money stands next year. And then maybe you move on from Deion Jones and you have Foyola Kuhn and, you know, uh, say, the, say the Falcons drafted a guy like Jacoby Stevens, maybe from LSU, who's a kind of a hybrid mm-hmm. type of player, very similar maybe to Deion Jones, mm-hmm. um, replace Deion Jones with someone like that. So um, yeah, I know, I know Deion's got a fan base and you know, I know why, He's made some splash plays in his career. I mean, the fact that he has like five pick sixes, um, you know, that's that's impressive. But it, it's more than just the splash plays that make a good football player. Exactly. Down to down, snap to snap. Um, Foy, Foy kind of outplayed him at times. Oh, absolutely. I absolutely agree. And that's yeah. that's one of the one of the main reasons why um me personally. Um, if forced to choose, I, I totally agree with you as far as uh, for your Ola Kuhn is concerned. It's like if you go back to the Dallas games, like the Dallas game was a perfect example of him completely outshining Dion. Like yeah. Dion is a great instinctual player. I don't think um, you can get good coverage out of Dion. You can do a little bit more, I, maybe not more things. Um, 
But you can get mm-hmm. good coverage. Like, I don't think you're, you're right. losing much um, if Dion was off the field and you had Foy on there. Because Foy can give you the right. coverage. Um, you know, maybe maybe Dion's a tick faster. That's basically all you can say that, that Dion has over Foy. So mm-hmm. it's certainly a good question, though, because, again uh, – I think it's it's a question that the Falcons are going to have to answer next off season. Absolutely. Yeah, because boy, he he went he went against he went against his his high school teammate and Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah, and he, showed <laughs> he showed out. He really did. Show that was a great yeah, game. He made he made uh, Zeke look silly and embarrassed him with, with all those. <laughs> right. That boy went to the peanut till school yeah. of four fumbles, boy. I tell you that much. <laughs> so with that being said, um, with that being said, we're gonna get to closing, um, closing the show. But man, we still got one one seventeen. Good God, I this it was a good show, man. Um, like I said, this this is this is was this was a show for you know everyone to understand that like it's, it's not so much about the the you know the 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 highlights i know everybody wants the great player everybody wants the flashy players but um we want to get to for our audience and just atlanta falcons fans we want to teach these guys about the small intricate details the salary cap and you know what to look for in coaching and you know these types of things so Having you on was something that I had to, I had to do. And like I said, I was a long, long time follower. You get of you guys, uh, Aaron Freeman and Matt Carey. Um, these guys are excellent. Like I said, I, me personally, I think he's the best numbers guys when it comes down to the Falcons uh, content creators. He's number one. So if you want numbers, you want the absolute truth about the numbers because nine, like I, eighty. 90% of the times Matt is always on it when it comes down to these numbers. So um, Matt, if you have anything that you want to, you know, get off, you know, you want to promote, you want to uh, tell the fans. Cause I know it's a lot of people 100, like I said, dang, we went up to 123. So they, they don't want you to go. So you might have to come back again. Going up. I'm happy to come back again. It's, it's been, it's been a blast guys. Um, I don't really have much to promote. You know, I'm, I'm a free agent right now. Mm-hmm. Um, just enjoying coming on shows like this. Hopefully it's first of many appearances Absolutely. on the show. Um, but again, you can catch me on Twitter at Matt Carley, K-A-R-O-L-Y. Um, certainly as we get closer and closer to free agency, you know, as Mike said, I love, I love talking about the numbers. Um, so, I'll, you know, I'll be kind of keeping you guys uh, informed of where the Falcons stand from a salary cap standpoint. And, um, you know, again, this is one of the best times of the year. I feel like free agency draft coming up. Um, it's got it all. So um, we'll see. We'll see what the Falcons do. I mean, again, new regime, but a uh, regime that I'm very high on, and I think uh, they can get this turned around in the right direction as early as 2021. So I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to talking about it with you on Twitter. Absolutely, absolutely. So, um, K Styles, you got anything you want to keep going? Uh, you know, uh, K Styles, you want to keep going, Matt? Um, if you, if yeah, I'm gonna duck you, out. But uh, again, guys, appreciate you having me. Uh, let's let's do this again real soon. All right. Absolutely, I appreciate yeah. it. I, I definitely appreciate you coming on. All right, take care, guys.
Yes, sir. All right, man. Woo! Hey, man. Um, that right there was informative. Everything that we've been saying for the past year or so, probably longer. Every, every like this is the reason why we have guys like Matt Carroll on. These guys follow the Atlanta Falcons. They love the Atlanta Falcons just as much as we do. And we want to give you guys nothing but the facts, the stats, and the truth. And this is the reason why we brought we bring guys on like this. Because you're tired of hearing our voice. I know you're tired. I know you're probably sick and tired of hearing us, but <laughs> this is this is what we do, man. We want to be give you guys nothing but the truth. So hey style, you see some comments in here? Uh man, so pretty much he answered everything else we got here. Um, um, pretty well, like I said, it's pretty much nothing really there. Uh, he he pretty much answered everything. He got everything. everything. He got everything. <laughs> he got everything. Uh, outside, of, outside of Esperanza Claston's trolling <laughs> talk, about, I like Tap McKinley and free agency. <laughs> oh no 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 no. When 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 we Tweety Bird on? No 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 no. No, oh, no, 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 no. We're not doing that. <laughs> I do got one question. I do got one question. I was just looking at something here. Um, I'm looking at Bleacher Report, and why they, they why are they linking the Falcons to Le'Veon Bell? Man, we don't want that. Oh, we might well keep. We might well keep them. Uh, Todd out. We'll get him. That's just beat up the head. Like, what? Come on, man. Don't do that, does? <laughs> what is that? We don't want no more old running. We don't, we don't want, want no more old running backs. No more retread running backs. No, absolutely not. Lord have mercy, boy. You might, you might well bring Jamal Anderson out of retirement. <laughs> that man said Jamal Anderson. Hold on, hold on, hold on. That man does not just. He did not just say that. What? Hold on, what? Nathan. Nathan. What the world? Hold up. That man said put Gunnel at, at center. Man, what? You want to put Matt Gunnel at center? No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> that, man oh, said, that man said put Matt Gunnel at center. Um, no, nah, I'm good with that one, man. Yeah, I think Hennessy. I think Hennessy would be all right at center, man. Yeah, uh, like I said, nah. Gano, Gano is just a plug and play wherever guy. Cause I know I heard mm -hmm. saw somebody earlier say that Gano is a better right tackle than he is a left guard. Right. I couldn't tell hell he was He was playing, yeah. He was playing well. I think Gano is a guy, like you said, one of them plug and play guys that every team needs. And like I, I will bring him back just on that basis, uh, on that premise alone. So um, yeah, I like Gunno. I think he would definitely be someone that Arthur Smith would like. I think, honestly, another point is that the, the Falcons at this point, they're going to go to a, a run first. They're going to go to a run first. Um, they're going to go to a run first offense. They're going to do use a lot of Coach Jamal Sanford said that Le'Veon Bell reminds him of a Tecmo Super Bowl player. 
All you can do is go straight. You know, you know, he just put a pattern at the line of scrimmage. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh man, let's see. But what, what would you say? I just had to get that out. Hold on, wait a minute. Hold on. There's one more question in here. Um, Tony right. Wright asked. He asked, we trade down and our draft looked like this. The first round switch to second rounder, two third round, fourth rounder, no fifth rounder, traded six, no seventh round, first round pick 2020. Like, good lord. <laughs> That's a lot of damn picks. Okay, if we can get that, I'm okay with that. But um, again, this is probably like the second or third person that we've had on. Um, uh, we had Will McFadden on. He pretty much, ex- you know, said the exact same thing. Just at this point, the financial, like this is all about financial, uh, financially what's best for the team and drafting a quarterback financially just doesn't make any sense for the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, if they were to do it, you essentially saying that, you know, you're blowing up the team and the closer that it gets to free agency, the closer that it gets to the draft is more and more likely that a rebuild won't happen. And that's just the honest truth. Like we don't know, like we have, haven't done anything. Like, we haven't done anything. The only thing that we've really done is get, you know, you cut um, you cut uh, Ricardo Allen and you cut Bailey. That's pretty much it. That's pretty much it. So, hey, man, um, I, I still think it's going to be a trade. I still think it's going to be a trade down. It's just the best. And like I said, Matt Carroll is one of the best. Um, he's one of the best, if not the best, cap guy, uh, numbers guy, when it comes down to Falcons content creators. And like I said, you guys, please go check him out at Twitter. Um, hey, man, uh, I think we're going to get to, you know, we're going to close the show. Um, but K-Styles, you want to get, you want to, um, we we will be back. We'll definitely be back tomorrow. We'll definitely be back tomorrow for uh, kicking it with K-Styles, man. It's probably, go ahead, yeah, go ahead and promote that, push, push that. Yeah, yeah, we're going to definitely kick it with K-Styles. Tonight was the interview with Matt. And like I said, this is what we the tonight's show is just going to be on. So we're going to kick it with K-Styles tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And I have something right here. This will explain the Falcons cap situation as we speak. I got something in my hand. <laughs> ready, ready uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> this is all we can afford right now. But like we said, we appreciate everybody tuning in with us. Uh checking out. Hope y'all like the interview. Make sure y'all give the thumbs up on it. Absolutely. Um Definitely, like I said, just make sure you subscribe and follow to the Just K Style channel. Um, <laughs> hey man, I, hey, I'm up. To, I'm 23 away from 200. Like I said, I'm I'm trying to get in the game with everybody else on AFM. But hey, 
I enjoy doing all this right here. It's not even about that. It, 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 like I said, it's about chilling and chatting with y'all. Because at the end of the day, this is therapy for me, just mm-hmm. as I hope it's therapy for y'all as well. Absolutely. So make sure you subscribe to the Just K Styles channel and also Atlanta Falcons Nation. Absolutely. That, that is important. That's we try to get to the 1K side of the game on that one. Absolutely. Absolutely. Please help us with that, man. Um, I, I guess I'll close with this uh, question from Jerome uh, Holmes. Man, Mike, I believe we need a top-notch tight end. Your thoughts? Um, um, you can kind of go through the, the, uh, the show again, but if, in case you guys don't want to do that, um, this is something that we've stated before, and one of the reasons why I said that <laughs> we ain't got no damn we ain't got no damn money, okay? <laughs> but one of the reasons why I said that don't be, I wouldn't be, I'm not saying that it's going to happen, but I wouldn't be surprised if it were to happen, is because the Falcons just don't have a lot of money, and one of the cheaper alternatives to be, you know, a top-notch offense with less money is you draft a tight end. Tight ends are a lot less uh, expensive than receivers. So you draft a guy like Kyle Pitts, you draft you, and you have Hayden Hurst, those guys, you know, they may cost you, what, maybe a hundred million to keep both of those guys. And then you got to – and then you can have a revolving door with a, a nice running game. And a good offensive line. Um, I, like I said, I think that's, I think that's something that you could definitely look in. It, it won't be pretty, it won't be exciting, but it'll be effective. I mean, you look at what um, the Ravens have done. You see what the Titans have done. These guys just all they do is run tight ends. They they run two tight end sets and they run the ball. That's it. That's all they do and play good defense. So it won't be pretty. But I could definitely see the Falcons definitely do that. <laughs> hey man, they getting in on your damn uh your pork favorite. Hey, hey, <laughs> hey, we got pork, we got chili, we got good old fashioned beef. <laughs> yeah, <I'm bang. laughs> hey, I'm about to say, I know I haven't seen this name in a while, Jarvis Williams. Um yeah, I'm what's sorry, good, I didn't, I didn't see his tweet a while. He said a tweet a while back ago. He mm-hmm. said he went to a, he went to a restaurant. He went to a restaurant down in Warner Robins, and you know what they had on the menu? No, man. They had no. K style chicken. <laughs> K style chicken. That's that's a thing. God, <laughs> I- bro. Oh, bro, I'm I'm a look, look, look. I'm a, I'm gonna send I'm gonna send it to you in the chat personally so you can see this. <laughs> he said he said he said that's the first he said that's the first thing he, he said he said oh shit they got K style challenge. Like, oh, <laughs> hey man, hey man, it is it is what it is. But um, <laughs> appreciate you guys for tuning in, man. We will be back tomorrow. Um, is it seven o'clock, K style? Uh, we probably might push it. We, like I said, it. Let me see. I might push it for eight. I might do eight. 
Okay. Eight o'clock. Eight o'clock tomorrow. Kicking it with K Styles. Myself and you never know who's gonna show up on kicking it with K Styles. So um, I know J Rock is gonna be there. You might get your boy. We might get our boy Jew. He, I think he's gonna be in there also. So we will see. But outside that, I thank you guys for tuning to us, man. This is what we do. Want to bring you guys nothing but the stat, fact, and the truth. And um, with that being said, K Styles, they ain't gotta go, but they gotta. Get the hell up out of here and also make sure you get some tuna while you're at it. That man got a whole that man got dinner everywhere. Hold on, why you bullshit, bro? I got a whole bag. I got noodles. Rice noodles. I got rice, everything. Yo, this dude here, man. Hey, the heavy hitters, man. That's what you get here. I got a whole thing of tortillas. Shit. <laughs> 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 oh my god, man. Oh man. You know I gotta got make everybody laugh at least one every time. Every time. That's what you're gonna, you gonna get you got you definitely gonna get entertained when you come here, man. So exactly. um, man. Uh thank you guys for tuning in to us, but you ain't got to go, but you got to get the hell up out of here, man. Appreciate it. Oh. Oh, man. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>